0: You're not alone, coach. This is a show to get you out of your cricket silo. In a world where coaches rarely share ideas, this is an audio space where discussion is at the top of the agenda. And following up from the last episode, where we talked about the wonderful crisis going on in cricket at the moment, we're going to take a slightly deeper look at one of the newfangled approaches to helping those you coach the terrifyingly named constraints-led approach. But don't worry, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, my name's David Hinchliffe, and uh, joining me is someone I've managed to strong arm into uh, talking about a little bit about the theory and more important about the practice of uh, CLA in cricket coaching. Welcome to Andrew Bevan. Hello, David. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. So we've got a bit of background. Uh,
1: I've been coaching since 2013 got my level two in 2011 but started coaching actively 2013 bit of work for an academy bit of work for a county board bit of coaching with a couple of local clubs so the subject today is probably quite close to my heart so it should be interesting there are podcasts
0: and articles around which talk about the theory behind uh i'm going to call it cla for want of a better name because even the name is, is slightly intimidating uh, but what we want to do is focus in on the practical side of things the things that you can do that's going to help people get better at cricket that's what we really want right that's what we're trying to do but let's start with a kind of a broad overview of of what it really is so may andrew you can tell us a little bit about what your as a coach what your perception of cla is As you
1: say, it's a hugely complex subject, but essentially it's playing games that stretch a particular skill, technique, tactical application. But it's not not drilling. You might do a game a lot of times. For me, constraints-led, games-based, whatever the name that is applied to this approach, it's about getting people hitting the ball, bowling the ball with a challenge and that's the constraint can you hit it over here can you do the? can you hit that stump when there's only one stump to hit it's getting people actively engaged with playing because I think we spend too much time as coaches thinking about technique and technique is important and technique matters but technique by itself doesn't make a cricketer and I think that's where, for me, it's certainly where I became interested in constraints and games. It's actually making the link between looking like a cricketer and actually getting results. And it's, it's quite a step. And that, for me, is where the constraints-led approach, the CLA, comes in
0: it's uh, quite holistic isn't it it's one of those it, you sort of trying to do everything at once almost whereas you know in traditional coaching often we talk about breaking things down to very very small component parts and looking at a very specific thing correcting an error the constraints led approach tends to be a little bit more broader and instead of saying we're going to focus in on one thing today it all comes into one when you build a game around cricket and with some kind of restriction on it i.e you're not playing a full game of cricket and that's where that word constraint comes in doesn't it you you apply some different rule to the game Uh, And whether that's a physical rule or, you know, a space rule or or a size of equipment rule or something like that, you apply a specific rule to the game and then it becomes something slightly different. But it's focusing, it's using that constraint to sort of focus in on trying to improve things.
1: It's exactly that. And I think the holistic element is important. You're doing, you're playing a game and the whole game is important, but I think, and this is one point where perhaps the theory does become important. You can focus on a very, very particular skill within a game. So the game might be, can you hit the ball straight back past the bowler? With the little ones, I would do work some work with some three, four, five-year-olds. It'll be, can you hit the ball back and hit the coach? Very, very targeted. <laughs> that is working
0: that's a a great constraint isn't it that's a great example of a constraint you know you you it it sounds like a complicated thing but actually saying something as simple as try and hit hit it as hard as you can back towards me you know and that in itself is a constraint
1: for them it is the whole game they have a moving ball they have a bat, they have other elements to think about, they've got other people playing next door so they've got to focus on what they're doing, so there's lots of elements going on, but in that individual and it is a game we're working on one skill which is hitting a ball in a straight line straight back where it came from and I think that was something that I've only really come to realise over two or three years of trying to apply this approach and realising that I can use this with a three year old
0: Let's, let's throw a couple of uh, practical things in there, right? So, we, you know, we talked about a couple of things. Let me tell you a, a couple, and maybe you can come back with a couple. So I'm going to do – I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to do batting ones because I always find them easier than bowling ones, <laughs> right? Yes. So the, ba- the batting – the two batting ones I've got – we, we've talked about this before. Um, what, I played two games with some of the younger kids, but they're easily adaptable to older players. Um, one was uh, what we called the V game, which, as you can imagine, is uh, – a, a, a an idea where you're trying to constrain the game into, um, playing straight hit shots only and um, we set up three sets of cones a near set of cones uh, a middle set of cones and a far set of cones and they they went out in a v- shape and um, then each batsman got to have a certain number of balls to try and score as many points as possible and the further you hit the ball the uh, the more points you got based on you know it's like a bit like a throwing a javelin you know the, the further it goes the better you do and we had everybody else was fielding and they uh, if they were fielding and you know you got caught out then uh, you you know, you, you didn't get any points, things like that. So, and that was the other game that was uh, I was going to talk about. And I played this with a group of talented under sixteens. We had a, a an indoor space. We wanted to do strike rotation. We played a game of cricket, five a side. And when you were bat, you got points when you were batting, um, but the bowling team also got points for things that the batting team did which wouldn't have led to strike rotation like hitting a straight drive back over the bowler's head a good shot as it was if you hit a straight drive back over the bowler's head it bounces off the wall and it gets caught Uh, then that's two points to the bowling team Uh, but if you rotate the strike you get a point things like that so um uh, and then we totted it all up at the end and actually went to the second last ball of the game so it was it it built in all that stuff about playing in a critical moment and you know understanding what you need to do to win the game and working out tactics that's going to give you the most number of points in the shortest amount of time and all things like that so huge amount of stuff going on there simply by applying a series of points and telling the players right now just play the game here's the point system now just play the game so there's two there's two for you uh, you want to throw some back to me ideally any bowling or fielding ones perhaps
1: as a game it is a fielding game where you would have coach in the middle hits the ball at, uh, on a 22 on a yard pitch hits the ball out to a field a fielder gets the ball throws the ball back to hits the stumps or back to the wicket keeper that of itself is a static practice the bowlers know where the ball uh, the fielders know where the ball's going and there's no real competition to it The step up to make this into more of a game is to then introduce a runner. Coach hits the ball into play. Runner's set off for a run. The fielding team try to get two run-outs. They'll throw the ball to the non-striker's end. There will be somewhere on the 20-yard, 30-yard circle, another team, another group of fielders whose job is to retrieve the ball. So they're actively backing up. They then have to throw the ball back to get a run-out at the striker's end. The batter tries to run too. And they have to not only field the ball quickly, they have to not only throw the ball and hit the stumps, they have to back up, they have to dis- they have to make a decision as to whether they attack the ball quickly to try and get a run out at the second in or they try and stop it. It becomes more competitive. That game can then go on, where you then have the, the batter would put the ball into play. Then you get a bit of practice for the batsman of finding gaps, he's talked about hitting singles and rotating the straight, so rather than turning it into a game with the bowler, the batsman actually gets it slightly easier but he gets the opportunity to look at the field and try to place a shot into a gap so you get two, you've almost got two games at once there, you have a fielding game fielding, backing up, throwing and you have a batting game finding the gap and running hard Um, the Absolute simplest constraint-led bowling game is actually to bowl at one stump. It's it's a constraint. You've got three stumps in the game. Well, you're bowling. You can change it up. You can have a batsman with a half bat in the way to make more of a challenge. You can have target mats. You can have you can put a chair in the middle for a slow bowler. Actually, that's quite a nice one. So to get the ball over the chair, still drop it on length. So you so for a bowler, you're looking more at physical constraints to force them to put the ball into a certain place, it is harder with the bowling, because the bowling and the more I think about this, the more more bowling seems to be a more closed skill, yes you have to react to the batsman, you have to react to how the batsman moved, you have to bowl it where your fielders are, but a lot of it is the bowler delivering the ball, the bowler starts the game
0: Rope as well, a bit of rope in the net is, is you know, strung up as a good one. Yeah. The
1: rope's good, but I think it's harder right. to see. Yeah.
0: I'll I tell you a good variation uh, um, on that is um, you string up a bit of rope and then you get a sheet and you hang the sheet over the rope. And then you can see exactly whether the ball goes over and you don't know do where it. the ball's yeah. landed. So it's uh, it's sort of taking away the, the outcome. And you're just saying, right, OK, well, the one thing we're working on is getting that ball over that rope uh, and then take it away and see if they can keep doing it
1: <laughs> You see something similar where, the, where a bowling coach will stand, I don't know 12 feet down the pitch with a catching mitt and put his hand up and say, so bowl into that mitt and there you don't get the, the, the final outcome but you know that if the coach is taking the ball without moving his hand, it's going in pretty much the right place and that halfway down the wicket queue I think is useful and totally artificial he's not going to be there in a game but uh, it certainly helps the bowler to visualize how, I'm not supposed so to visualize but to feel what it's like to put a ball at head height whatever we're talking about 14 15 yards down the pitch as opposed to landing it on a length Right, so we're running
0: running short on time. Hope that's a few good ideas. But let's let's wrap up a little bit with um, uh, just very briefly talking about when you would use this kind of thing. We've talked about doing it with younger kids. We've do, talked about doing it with uh, with, with uh, talented players. We talked about doing it with older players. Is, are there any are there any kind of restrictions on on when you when you would use it and when you wouldn't use it? Perhaps
1: I think constraints games based approaches always assume that the player has some idea of what the game is when you're working with somebody who has no idea of what a bat is for telling them to hit the ball straight back at you is a step too far (laughs) yes Um, in some more advanced cases if you were trying to work somebody I don't know I coach a bloke good bat couldn't play his on-drive, if I had set up a drill and said, oh, let's see if you can hit it over there, set up a game to challenge without discussing with him how he might change his approach, he might have worked it out if he'd had all the time in the world, but a little bit of instruction, then get into the game, the challenge, there I think a little bit of extra instruction where it's something that somebody's clearly struggling with If you've got all the time in the world, yes. Play, play, play. If you've got an hour, two hours, and then you might not see the player again for a a week and they might not get to practise, a little bit of instruction just to get the game started. I think that's important.
0: I agree with that I might slightly do it slightly differently in that circumstance in that I might see what happens first and then if they're still struggling um maybe start to ask a couple of questions like why do you think it's not going through there and then at, hopefully at that point they'll say I, I'm not really sure what do you think and then they've given you almost permission to, to, to come up with an idea or two
1: it's true. No, no, very true. And and then it's going back to the the whole part whole model, where you play a game, then you focus in on the particular part of the game that wasn't working, the skill, the part, and then you play the game again. I would also add
0: to the times when not to use it is if you're working with guys who are very experienced players. You know, I'm talking about club. Up level upwards, basically they've they have done things in a certain way for a long time. You know they're doing their pre-match warm-ups and you know they're just taking a couple of catches off the catch it or you know you know they're they're hitting a few throwdowns on the on the outfield things like that. Which when you think to yourself, do you know what I can't see. Uh, this is pro- this is probably just re- reassurance work rather than actual and, and actually doing yes. any good. Those kind of things. But
1: but you wouldn't be teaching them new skills. Exactly, at that point. you're not
0: really coaching at that point anyway, are you? You're ju- you're just letting them do what they need to do to feel confident when they walk out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, you wouldn't want to necessarily set up a game during the warm up to go right, lads. Here we go. We're going to work on a few things here. No, instead it's going to be all right. Well, what, what do we need to do? Take a few catches, hit a few into the into the side uh, netting uh, of the of the of the nets, and then uh, go about your business. So it, that would be the only other time. But I think the general principle of applying it as often as you can it, it is is a good thing, especially if people want to have fun with it and who doesn't want to have fun with it, you know, whatever age you are.
1: Exactly that. You want them to want to play the game.
0: OK, let's wrap it up there. Um, so if people want to find out find out a little bit more about you, Andrew, you, uh, you lurk around on the internet somewhere, don't
1: you? Uh, yes, blog under teasra.com Fair mm-hmm. bit of... There's some games-based stuff. There's some meanderings on what actually does it all mean. But uh, I'm there on twitter as the teaser as
0: well fantastic well thanks for coming on the show and uh, you as always i can be found at david25.com you can head over there if you want some blogging about coaching cricket or uh, if you are uh, want to do any one-to-one sessions or anything like that and you're in the glasgow area then uh, i'm available for that and you can also find me hanging around on twitter as well at david hinchliffe that's the end of the show thanks for listening